Hello, and welcome to our Vibe Tribe podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Casey. And I'm Jana. This is a podcast where we seek to bring together people from near and far, from all walks of life, with different viewpoints and ideals. And we welcome you into our Vibe Tribe. Hey, Jana. Hey, Casey. How have you been? I have been hanging in. So remember the last time we uh, we recorded, I had a little bit of a, like a little head cold, like cold sinus thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, well, I thought I had nipped it in the butt. I started taking the elderberry syrup and drinking tea and honey and taking um mucinex and robitussin and um the zycam and i thought that i had nipped it in the butt and like for two days i was like oh okay i feel better i think i'm getting better and then all of a sudden the next day i just got so sick and it came back with a vengeance and eventually i got pneumonia so i am just getting over that so if you hear me clear my throat i apologize virus <laughs> I'm still on the tail end of this, like the, the lingering cough can still come and go and the exhaustion, but, um, but I'm happy because the holidays are around the corner. Of course we record early, so <laughs> I know it's past the holidays now, but um, I, I, luckily I, even though I was not feeling well, I was, I was able to slowly decorate the tree on the day that I was off and everything's almost all decorated. So I'm feeling a little more prepared now for the holidays finally, but yeah. How have you been? What have you been up to? Oh, decorating and just, you know, getting ready for the festivities, deciding how we're going to, how we're going to spend the holidays. And so, yeah, it's a whole thing. (laughs) It really is. It can be very stressful, but my mom was like, she called me like December 1st and she's like, listen, we're doing a minimal minimalist Christmas this year. She's like, I don't want anyone stressing over anything. We are grown now. We pretty much get what we need anyway. And it's just superfluous stuff. She's like, I don't need any more stuff. You don't need any more stuff. She's like, I just want you to come over. I want us to bake cookies together, laugh and cook in the kitchen, go out to a dinner go to the movies, just enjoy each other, play games, you know? And so she's really excited to play like Uno. And there's this game called Rumi, uh, Rummy Cube that my cousin introduced us to a couple of years ago when she came for Christmas. And it's really a lot of fun. So, you know, she's just as like, you know, it's just, there's too much stress put on the holiday. It's just kind of silly. It should be about family anyway. So that's what we're focusing on this year. We're going to like just do stocking stuffers, like cute little fun stocking stuffers. So we have something to open. That's awesome. Yeah, we're not we're not focusing on something even to open. We're focusing on just being together. Yeah. And enjoying those moments because like you guys, we don't need any more stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we've got, we've got lots of stuff. It's, it's not needed. Well, I was talking to uh, our, a mutual friend of ours and I'm not going to say her name for privacy reasons. Um, but the, she's the mutual friend who we lost the other friend with. Okay. Okay. So you get who I'm talking about. 
Yeah. And she messaged me and she was like, wow, you know, I was going through, you know, I went to visit um, our friend who passed away, her parents. And um, she was saying how it's just amazing how she was looking around. She's like, we just collect all this stuff. We just collect, collect, collect all this stuff. And then when we die, it's just like dispersed and it's just there. And there's just like no meaning attached to it besides the person that was attached to it. And there's just all this stuff left over. Like you, you don't bring it with you, you right. know? I mean, I know the Egyptians like to bury their dead because they think that when they're reincarnated, they'll they'll need their things again, you know? <laughs> but um, But yeah, and it just got me to thinking like, I don't want that to happen when I, when I die, I don't want like my family have to go through like crazy amounts. So I'm thinking I need to downsize a little bit, but it's hard to do because I was telling her, I was telling our friend, like, you know, well, right now I've got a house this year and really all I really collect are clothes because I model. So I always, I'm like, Oh, I could use that for modeling, you know, or mm -hmm. I, I, you know, um, yeah, that's about it. Um, clothes is my, and, and you know, that's my guilty pleasure. And, um, but I'd said, well, with the holiday, you know, right. I keep buying more and more things because we've got the neighbors across the street that decorated and they've gone bigger this year. So now we feel like we have to go bigger because it's like this fun little competition and it helps get us in the spirit, which is really good because I'm not someone who is in the Christmas spirit. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, okay, we can outdo them. This will be fun. But I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we are, we are really like getting a lot of stuff. Like we're really <laughs> collecting a lot of stuff that we never had before. I'm like, wow, this is in, and, and mom's like, well, you have an attic, just throw it all in the attic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, but I don't want a whole attic full of, of things either. I don't want to be one of those, you know, my dad is a little bit of a pack rat. I love him for, it. I'm, you know, I, I kind of get a little bit of that sometimes from him. Mm -hmm. Um, and when he moved out of our childhood home, the attic was so filled to the brim and he was bringing things down that I haven't seen since I was like seven years old. And, you know, it's fun to look at it and reminisce, but I'm like, but, but why, why? <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh. Oh, so, you know, I think people who move in tiny homes that maybe they're onto something. Yeah, but at the same point, you can't raise a family in a tiny home. Some people do, and I don't know how they do it. Can you imagine, like, being mm -mm. on top of each other and the fighting and the bickering? Like, oh, gosh. Like, like this house, I feel like, is going to feel very small when we have kids. You know, you think it would feel big enough just for Ray and I, but that's not the way it is because I already feel like, oh my God, I can't escape you. I need more space. I need a room like for my, uh, that's my own, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because, you know, maybe we're just kind of obsessed with space here. I think, I, I think we are. Needing space because of setting boundaries and <laughs> for your sanity and. Well, but I also think that our tolerance levels here in the United States are very low. You know, when you look at other developing countries, you know, they have multiple generations living in the same house. Yeah. And, 
They're you all know, about the togetherness. The communal. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Like, is it because we're just a society we live in in America where we're just so overstressed and overworked that we just don't want to be bothered with anyone else but our own immediate family? <laughs> I, don't, it so I much think it's toxicity you know, and extended family. I think it comes down to the condition, conditioning of Hollywood. I think it's of what the conditioning of Hollywood. I think it's the way that the way that our our media plays into the way that they portray what we think we should have. Yeah, I mean that is a that's a huge part of it. I can definitely see where you're going with that. And as well, that as that has as our media has crept into other countries, their cultures have been changing. And the way that they think that their standard of living should be has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's caused problems in their communities. Yeah. Well, but this is how the Americans do it. It's like, okay, stop. But there are still, you know, Americans like, you know, uh, Latino Americans, African Americans who still, you know, live with different generations in the house. Yeah, but it's not as common. It's not as it's not as common as it is in other countries. Not in, well in other countries, but it is relatively common in our in our country for that to for for you know generations to live in a house with certain ethnicities. Like it's more of a white thing that we don't <laughs> that we don't live with our grandparents and yeah, I but I also think it depends on how far removed you are from the culture in which you came from. True. And it also comes down to social stratification. A lot of times it comes down to necessity and need to live right. under one roof, you know, versus being able to support, you know, it's, it's right. like a built-in babysitter having a grandparent there, you know? Yeah. So there's so many layers to that. Hi, honey. Hi. Oh, I miss you. Yes. I love you. Yeah. I know you want to play with mommy's computer. It's always your favorite thing. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. Getting so big. So we both listened to a podcast recently, and it's the... you want to tell a little bit about it, Case? Yes. So we were listening to uh, We Can Do Hard Things podcast with Glennon Doyle, who um, has written, is an author of many incredible books, one of them being Untamed, that Jana, when we were first, you know, thinking of starting this podcast up, suggested that we eventually talk about, which we haven't gotten around to, but we will. Um, and she is, she's just incredible. She's in her, her own personal journey and her story is so inspiring. So she has this beautiful podcast that she does with her sister and sometimes her wife is on. And, uh, this episode was, um, they had Jane Fonda on the episode and. All right. So let's, let's clarify. She's such a queen. Fucking Fonda. Fonda. That's the name of the episode. Jane fucking Fonda. Yes. Actress, activist, 
overall badass woman. I just, I, I adore her and I've always looked up to her. And um, so when that, when I saw that pop up as one of the newer episodes, I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm listening to that. And then I could not help but share it with you. But Jane was talking about everything from her, you know, her personal journey, um, you know, growing up and, be, you know, in, in Hollywood and with her father being, you know, a prolific actor into how she went into her, into her activism and everything in between. So she, she, she discussed, you know, I did not know this that about her, that she had an eating disorder. I had no idea. I knew. And Glennon is very open about her, you know, that she had an eating disorder as well. And she was talking about um, disembodiment and the counter to that being whole. Well, and, let's, 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 let's go into that a little bit more because, yeah. you know, they're, they're both Christian and they were talking about how, when the Bible was translated, it was translated in to say we are working hard to become perfect. Mm, when, that word perfect. Um, the, the word that was used in Aramaic, it means whole. So it, it's not saying that we're supposed to be perfect. This is yeah, talking about that in relation to be perfect, like our creator or like, was right. it creator Jesus? Was it Jesus or creator? I can't remember. Creator? Creator. Yeah. Be, be, be perfect, but it's actually meaning to be whole, like our creator. Yes. And whole and perfection are entirely different things. Whole and perfection doesn't exist. I mean, it does not. That definition and the per perfection is so, you know, relative to your perspective. You know, what's perfect to one person is not perfect to the other. So how do we know what perfect is, you know, because of what the Bible tells us? It's yeah, perfect, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but what the Bible tells us and all of the different ways that it's been distorted over the years through whoever was doing the translation, uh, no, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not going to live my life by something that is not in its purest form. And it's an antiquated text. It, it has no relevance in our modern day world. So what was perfect maybe back then is no longer perfect today. And I striving for, for, for striving for per perfection, which doesn't even exist. We all lose. So mm -hmm. it's a losing game. Mm -hmm. But to be perfectly whole in our just own to be, way, just to be whole, being, just to be whole. That's and that's obtainable. It takes a lot of work, a lot of shadow work, a lot of, you know, like Jane was, Jane was talking about, you know, you know, it helps if you have a good therapist, good friends to talk to, you know, and sorry, Solara is climbing on her high chair and she's being so silly. <laughs> Baby, you're she's, cute. She's laughing at you. She thinks it's funny. She does. <laughs> 
it was really interesting how she was discussing too about how this how striving for perfection leads to uh, to us um remaining stagnant at the same time she was talking about it in the way of activism that that really um profoundly uh that conversation hit me because i personally am like well i need to i need to get myself in order i need to get my life straight i need to you know be better so i can be better for others before i even take that next step to helping others but she but she was saying hey the time is now we don't have time to wait to be this perfect being this you know we're all just going to have to meet each other where we're at and come together and help for the betterment of our world. Well, and along and with that, that, you can find wholeness. We need to join groups that are already there with the missions that, that speak to us. Movements, movements that are currently taking place, a community of people. Yes, because... We don't have to achieve everything by ourselves on our own. That's a lot to take on. She was talking about how she was like, she's like, I had to, when she finds an injustice that she's passionate about, I had to fix this problem. I had to fix racism. I had to fix this. I have to end the Vietnam War. You know, I found that really interesting because I feel that way too. Like, oh man, I need to do more. I need to, you know. Well, and honestly. The government take on. As I was listening to this episode, all I could think was how much you resemble Jane Fonda because of your strong passions for any injustice that you come across. And, you know, I just, I was like, this is totally what Casey's like. <laughs> I was like, and it's not, it's not a bad thing. I'm, I, it's definitely a compliment, but I was just, I no, was like, I'm like blushing wow. over here. This is totally this is totally Casey. She's just gotta channel it a little bit differently. That that's 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 where I struggle is the channeling of it. Because I have so many different causes Mm -hmm. that I just, you know, I don't know where to begin sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I want to focus. You know, there's just so there's so many problems in this world. I don't (laughs) like I have to I have to fix everything. Well, and let me bring up a cause that I'm really passionate about. Um, I, I've i been really passionate about human trafficking and its association mm-hmm. with massage therapy and the way that massage parlors are used in human trafficking. And, you know, I worked really hard with legislation in Virginia when I was living there and you your work was amazing your dedication to it it was honestly it was really incredible the things that I was able to be part of doing with the American Massage Therapy Association but my biggest struggle now is that you've got far right conservatives saying you know and human trafficking and that liberals are pedophiles and all of this garbage and it falls into like QAnon stuff and I don't want to be associated with any of that garbage 
like the 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 way the movement has gone where it's so far right wing now and it's all about you know bringing the people bring the people to jesus mm. can i just get back to the fact that human trafficking is wrong and can, can we also it say how hypocritical it is for you guys to worry about it when a lot of um, human trafficking went on at the Mar Largo estate and with Jeffrey Epstein or Stein, Epstein, 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 sorry. Um, and was it Giselle or Gazelle or I forget her name. I just watched this documentary. I never know how to pronounce her name, but his, his um, girlfriend, wife, whatever she was to him, um, you know, Trump and the the right was heavily involved in that so it's hypocritical it is there's there's so many levels of dysfunction and honestly like i did what i could in that time in my life and at this point i i got better things to do mm -hmm. i raise a little girl to know what's right and what's not and how to keep herself protected and showing her how to be mindful in situations and not put herself into situations that she could be taken advantage of teaching her that she has a voice and that she can use it no matter if people don't like it or not <laughs> amen to that so you know my activism, my passions have have had to have had to take a back seat for now until I've I've got this little human in a position where she can do it with me. Or we can help each other in whatever her passions are. I love that. And I love that Jane was speaking to how you don't have to fix it but you know she was striving to leave the world better than she found it and also better for her grandchildren and, she's and really concerned for, she's yes, really concerned, concerned about the state of of like climate change and and the problems that we're facing and what her grandchildren are going to be dealing with in midlife yes and i feel like that's a good message to give people because she was talking about how oftentimes with you know any kind of activism a lot of people kind of get a little anxious about it because they um it, they get they feel defeated before they even begin because it's such a huge problem like how can i fix this mm -hmm. and it's not up, up to us to fix it but it's up to us to work to fix it together and you know to put in the effort and the time and and to try to make it better and that's good enough you know that if, if you don't see it fixed at least you've got the ball rolling you know well and there's simple things that you can do even in your own home you know find where your recycling centers are recycle any single-use plastic that is recyclable you can decrease your single-use plastics and purchase things that 
either are not in the single use plastic or that you're not using a ton of, you know, bottled water is the biggest one I can think of where you've got all of these bottles that are single use and they are just littering, oh, littering everywhere. Um, you know, do it, do what you can to decrease how you are impacting the world. You know, one of the things that I've been looking into is, you know, right now we're in an apartment and so I would really like to have some kind of compost bucket on my porch. Mm-hmm. Earthworms that I can put, I can put my chicken, my kitchen scraps in. And then I can then use that soil for potting soil with, you know, anything I can grow on my north facing porch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. coming coming up with different ways of of how we can decrease our impact and even a dent causes a ripple effect and that's why I remember too because I often feel like these things are so far out there and they're like oh we're never going to achieve this in my lifetime so you know why do I want to stress out over it or even, you know, but I like that she was talking about how even just a dent has this ripple effect and it will carry on. And if everyone does a little bit, something like how, how that's a, that's a huge movement that could be life altering and life changing. If everyone did something. Yeah. If, if we could all just do a few small things, then it will it will grow and it will become something much, much larger. So hopefully, you know, we can just be more mindful in what we're doing. Yeah. Hopefully we can be more mindful. One of the other things that came up in that podcast is the disembodiment. Yeah. People who have been through trauma, who are not living life in their bodies so they they have a disassociation so much so that they're not truly living life which then adds to the anxiety adds to the depression um your mental health disorders just and and isolation because if you feel disembodied from yourself how can you connect with others true and talking about, you know, the no longer having communal living, you know, if you're disembodied from who you are. Yeah. How can you operate in a community, you know? Yeah, it's the, the, the disembodiment is something that, you know, I've personally been thinking more about than the activism because if we can find ways to be more present, we are going to be able to decrease our reactions to others. We are going to be less stressed in the way that we see life. And hopefully we can calm down the inner chatter that we have going on inside of our own heads. 
Mm. You know, we all have this inner chatter. And I'm not talking about a psychosis where you hear voices. Not schizophrenia. We're not talking about schizophrenia. No, I'm talking about the inner dialogue. The inner nagging dialogue that tells you you're not good enough. Yes, or just the way we perceive life. You know, through different situations. Someone cuts us off on the road. And I don't know about you, but my inner my inner dialogue goes through all sorts of different scenarios. To why is that person so rude? To, you know, is there an emergency that they're trying to get to? Do they have a personal emergency? You know, just all the different scenarios go through my head. And how many times, you know, someone in that situation just flips them off. Yeah. You know, I was trying to merge into traffic the other day. And there was this elderly woman who was in the lane next to me. And that's where I needed to go. So I turned on my blinker and I slowly moved over. And then after I was in front of her, she just laid on her horn. She's just beeping at me, getting all upset. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know what's going on with you, but we're in traffic. I wasn't speeding. I turned on my blinker. I did not intentionally try to hit your car. This is how we merge. <laughs> this is how we move through traffic. <laughs> I am sorry that you're so upset about it. <laughs> I was like, Hopefully you have a great day <laughs> because <laughs> your honoriness is not going to help with that. <laughs> well, you know, the disembodiment also, you know, we were talking about, you know, reaching wholeness and, you know, it, it's, it's working through, you know, trauma and not just you know, our own personal trauma, but there's a lot to do with intergenerational trauma that comes from, you know, our families and from what our families have suffered. And this is, you know, strongly played out also depending upon, you know, uh, ethnicity as well, because some ethnicities experience more intergenerational trauma than others in terms of how society treats them, perceives them, and what have you. Well, and we, you know, not only just how society treats them, but different ethnicities are treated poorly for reasons that current generations don't understand. That's just the way it's always been. This is the group of people that we don't like mm -hmm. without, without the basis. I don't, I don't know how to heal that because it just seems like as a people, we always need someone that is the villain I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's, what's going to make that better. Yeah. I think that's why it hasn't been made better yet. 
Because no one kind of knows the answer to that. Well, and I know, I understand that we're two white women talking about this, but why is it that white people of the past have pushed so hard for people to, for people of other ethnicities to be like us? Why is it, 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 it goes back to the colonizing. Why is it that we, you know, that the colonizers felt like they had the right to tell others that this is the way you should do it because we said so? Why? What role does this white superiority play in our soul's development? Why? Why is this part of this this earth experience? That's beyond me. That's beyond me. <laughs> I mean, it's all, you know, telling people how they should live is all about power play, putting them in boxes and maybe it's supposed to teach us as a group, as a collective whole, that there's nothing to gain in, in holding power over anybody, disenfranchising anybody, you know, it all comes down to power and control mm -hmm. in our own daily lives. Try to help heal that. You know, I know that we can be an example we can we can we can show others that no matter if we're different we're still we're still you know everyone's important and no one should be marginalized or mistreated i i just i don't know i don't know how to change this well one thing that jane talked about that you know she felt like helped her with understanding her trauma better and intergenerational trauma that was inflicted upon her is you know she talked about the importance of understanding and learning more about your parents and knowing who they are and that they're deeply flawed human beings as well and she said once she understood oh well you know the way my mother treated me wasn't so much about me but because like this happened to her and this calls causes her to react in this way and then 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 it, it ripples down to me and then I react this way and kind of doing a deep dive and in, in, into you know the motives and understanding of you know individuals that have caused us trauma but also comes down to us doing our our own work and 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 understanding our part and what part we've played as well as being flawed human beings in causing you know trauma in other people's lives as well i mean am i making any sense oh yeah you're definitely making sense it's it's just what what is it going to take to motivate more people to take to do that deep dive well it's 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 scary exhausting work <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't have time for that. <laughs> They're working two jobs, trying to survive, take care of kids. It's, it's really hard. Again, I think it comes down to restructuring of society and what we value in society and mental health and other countries are doing it much better than we are. And, you know, they're closer to reaching an overall, you know, healing more so than we are in the United States because of the way they're 
society and what's important to their society, how that's all laid out and framed. Sure. Sure. Well, and also the the countries that are doing better at it have also been around a lot longer than we have. Yeah, we're such a young teenager country. <laughs> we're like we're tweens. <laughs> yeah. Twins. I would yeah. say we're we're eleven going on twelve. Yeah. Exactly. We have we have a long way to go. But I think it's also about creating a larger consciousness that this needs to happen. If everyone's of one consciousness that hey, we need to heal and grow and evolve. I th I think, you know, I think we're getting closer to that, especially, you know, we were talking about with the quantum healing hypnosis technique. We were talking about how we're going from this 3D reality to a 5D reality. Yeah. And, um, you know, the new earth. And I, I, I think we're getting closer. I feel like more people are becoming more aware of this. Sure. This need. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We are enjoying our time with you and thank you for being part of our Vibe Tribe. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, you can find our email address in the description. And also keep your eyes open on social media for us and give us a follow. Thanks again.